Hello, ladies. You are listening to Women Emerging Fearlessly. Did you know that four out of five women struggle with confidence and knowing who they are? This show is dedicated to helping women lead their lives with fearless confidence and to know how amazing they truly are. In this show, you will hear from women who are emerging fearlessly, who have overcome many obstacles to pursue their dreams and passions, and they will inspire you and encourage you to stand up, step out, and speak up. Be your authentic self and bring your true gifts to the world. My name is Janelle Anderson, and I am your host. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a great review and subscribe and share it with your friends. Enjoy the show. All right, so today I'm so excited to have with me a very special guest, Nicole Simonin, and uh, she is going to be talking to us about a very important topic that I know many of you are interested in, and it's helping women over 40 lose weight for the last time. I mean, yes, we are always battling that weight up and down and up and down. So welcome to the podcast, Nicole. Introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are. Hi, Janelle. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. And I have to give you kudos because you didn't ask me how to pronounce my last name and you nailed it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Usually I'm like, I'm not sure. My name is Nicole Simonin. I own Shape It Up Fitness. And as Janelle said, I help women lose weight for the very last time. And as I have journeyed through my decades, I am over 40. I am creeping up towards 50. I just found that there was this missing piece and, you know, things change when we're 40. And I, I've heard that things change too when you're 50. So I'm excited for that chapter. <laughs> I had switched gears a little bit in my business a while back because I had turned 40 and I was really struggling with why can't I do certain things that I want to do? And in particular, it was why can I, I not resist this type of food or whatever? So I really dived into the mindset part. And when I was 17, I was really sick and the doctors told me I wouldn't be able to walk and I possibly would be blind. And I think young bliss kind of stepped in and I was a professional ballet dancer and I was very determined at 17 to become a professional ballet dancer. And I did achieve that. Obviously the doctors were wrong. I am not blind and I can walk very well. I can even run on occasion. <laughs> but I think there was also another pivot point in my career about maybe, I think it was about 10 years ago, I had owned a studio and we were doing really well, but I was struggling with the balance between running a successful studio, fitness studio and balancing my family. My kids were very little. I was driving back and forth like six times a day to the studio that I had owned and it was a good 20 minute drive. You know, I was never seeing my husband and I went through this really big funk when I closed the business. I was like, what am I going to do now? Should I continue with fitness? What is yeah, I was just really not in a good place. And I found some self-help books. And in particular, it was Jensen Chiro's Badass. <laughs> and I really dived into self-help. That, that book definitely shifted something for me. And I think going along your podcast lines, I mean, I just became fearless. Mm. And it's just added incrementally throughout the years. I feel I'm more fearless now than I was in my 20s. Wow. And that's saying a lot because in my 20s, as a ballet dancer, I was very determined. I was very competitive and very much like if I saw a dance role that I wanted, I was like, I'm going for that and no one is going to stop me. So 
to be able to say that now in my 40s, and I think that's most of the time when people are thinking, oh, let's start winding down, where I feel like I'm just ramping up and ready to get started. Yeah, well, yeah, it is true that when you hit 50, some more things happen. And I feel like 50s is very a very defining kind of uh, transitional period, even more than 40s. And I think maybe part of that is your kids are by then probably pretty much leaving the house or leaving the nest. And uh, there's a lot of like, who am I? And, and, and by then people, you know, women, if they haven't been taking care of their health and they haven't been exercising or eating healthy, that's when it really starts to show up that post menopause extra 20 pounds, which I dealt with for sure. And it's harder to get it off. And if they haven't been doing anything, then by then it's really hard to start and that you kind of get this feeling like, well, it's too late, but it's not. Right. So, and I also feel like to what you're saying, you do start to like kind of wake up to your life. A lot of the things we dealt with when we were younger as women kind of go away, you kind of get to this place where you know yourself really well and you feel a lot more comfortable with who you are and you have more freedom to do what you want. And you're, you've learned a lot in life and have a lot more wisdom and self-assurance and self-awareness and that tends to make you feel a lot more fearless as well. Um, now, some women don't because they haven't done some of the work. And so that's what I like to help them with because it is such a great time of life. Really middle age, 40s, 50s, 60s. It's a great time of life. Yeah, I agree. I think I was talking to somebody the other day and they were saying most of fitness is geared towards the 20 year olds. And um, I agree with that. But at the same time, it's like I feel like 40s is, is really where it's at, you know, and, and granted, I'm not in my fifties yet, but I have a feeling I'll feel the same way about 50, about 60, about 70. That's just my philosophy. I feel like every, not even decade, but every stage or season of your life, there's something amazing about it. I agree. Yeah. And it's really all perspective. It's how you're looking at it really. That makes the difference. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I just celebrated my 67th birthday on Friday. Yes. Happy birthday. Thank you. Yes. Oh my gosh. 67. <laughs> So you can't get caught up in numbers. I'll tell you that right now. You just live your life and live it to the fullest and be present right now and be be healthy and strong. The other thing too is, is if you are taking care of yourself, you know, 67 may seem very old, but at the same time, it could be very young depending on how, because you don't look 67 for sure. And, um, you know, what you're doing with your body physically, you know, whether you're active and, and things like that, I think that really plays a big part in you know how you approach each year it sure does and I remember in my it was probably my mid-50s I started to really become a lot more aware I had always tried to be healthy but I wasn't an athlete and I haven't I wasn't like in the gym all the time I was off again on again put it that way but when I hit my 50s I became really aware of like oh my gosh wow that was that was fast that 50 years yeah. <laughs> and, and the rest is going to go just as fast. So if I'm going to do something, now's the time, you know, it's kind of like, so I really got serious about it at that point and have learned a lot and have focused a lot on being healthy mindset wise, especially I hate diets and I hate getting caught in that diet mindset. Cause as soon as I go on a diet, then of course I want everything I can't have because you can't have it. <laughs> My motivation and my why was to be healthy and strong as I aged so that I could live a long life being healthy and strong and vibrant and enjoying life. And that was my goal, still is. And that helped me a lot, just focus on that. 
So then my perspective of eating healthy and exercising was different than I have to. That's a big shift for people too, because especially I think for like our generation, um, we grew up in the seventies, eighties, and it was, you know, starve yourself, do tons of cardio yep. and resist and white knuckle everything through. And then when you explode, do it all over again. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. Which makes perfect sense, right? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. Um, yeah, when, when clients come to me, uh, a lot of them don't believe that they can lose weight, especially when they're over 40. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them blame it on genetics. They blame it on their age. You know, it's all downhill from here. Even friends of mine when the, that I talk to who are like either creeping up to 40 or just past 40, they're like, oh, it's over. And I'm like, are you kidding? Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. No, not even close. Uh -uh. Yeah. And a lot of people, like you're saying, they don't believe that they can lose weight at over 40, let alone 50, 60. But what I find is, is we all know that we're supposed to um, move more and eat less, but why don't we do it? And I have found that the mindset is the missing piece to all this, because exactly what you were saying, you know, when you focused your goal on being independent in your older age, that's a very strong driving force for you to want to eat healthier, want to move your body. And um, so I really find that the mindset is really the missing piece. I know for me, it was um, being a ballet dancer, we were not given sound nutrition advice at all. Crazy. You think I, they would give you sound nutrition advice so you'd be strong and healthy, but yeah, I think it's shifting now, thank goodness. But um, you know, if you're if you've ever been involved in the dance world, it's it's there's a lot of anorexia, there's a lot of bulimia. Um, I fortunately was not touched by any of that, so personally. Um, but I mean, some of the advice I remember um, one of the directors told me after a performance to boil a big pot of water, put dump a whole bunch of sugar in it and cherries and boil it off and then drink it after like don't drink any water the week before. <laughs> the performance and then afterwards drink this vat of like cherry juice basically sugar juice Whoa. and I I didn't do it but I was like really <laughs> like even at that time when I didn't know much about nutrition I was like that sounds a little odd <laughs> but um yeah I think um just kind of shifting your mind and like again when I was 40 I was like why do I keep repeating the same things over and getting the same results I felt like I was kind of going a little crazy because you know, I kept striving for whatever goal I was after, but I kept like getting knocked back down. And now that I understand how our minds work um, and how they're kind of set up to, and I don't know how much you delve into, but like the primitive brain versus the mm -hmm. prefrontal yeah. cortex mm -hmm. and how we just navigate from that primitive brain all the time, who's like a toddler running around with scissors in the house going crazy. It's true. <laughs> it's so true. And you would think that like our brains are really just trying to sabotage us all day long. But you know, that part of our brain does serve a purpose. But the more we tap into, I like to call it the sophisticated brain, that that sophisticated brain side, that prefrontal cortex, you know, the more we can tap into that, the easier our goals are. And we don't have to really fight so much against that primitive brain. Yeah, I, I actually work with several clients who are trying to lose weight and get healthy. And that's one of the conversations we have all the time I have with them is that you've really got to deal with your mindset. You, you need to understand how your mind works in all of this. Otherwise, if you're just following a diet 
and you're just like eating what I'm supposed to eat and not eating what I'm not supposed to eat, then when you lose the weight, you get to your goal weight, you're, you're going to go right back to it because you haven't dealt with the passages that your thoughts have created in your brain, right? That way of thinking, the pattern of thinking that you have established all these years. Yeah. And if you, if you don't go in there and do that work, you're going to keep on the cycle. You're going to be on that diet roller coaster. This is one of the reasons why I don't like generic workouts or diets because, you know, there are a multitude of diets out there. There are a multitude of 12 week programs out there that anybody can sign up for. But um, like, if you aren't taking that diet and making it a lifestyle, it's not going to work. The other factor is, is and I've done the actual research on this. I have taken like as many diets as I can find. And I have looked at each of them to see what are the similarities. And they all have one thing in common and it's all that they're low calories. And again, that like, if you just want to lose scale weight, you drop your calories and you move more. Yes. Right. And you have yeah. to figure out that balance. Right. But what happens is, is it depends on what you want to look like. You know, because sometimes just scale weight and depending on how much you lose, you could have saggy skin. You could just be draping, you could look very emancipated and very gaunt. And especially as we get older, you know, I know a lot of women are very concerned about their face being not fuller. And people come to me, I custom design all their workouts. I don't give nutritional plans, but it's also how you want to look and feel and not just what that scale is saying. Because if you just want the scale to go down, you move more and you eat less until you find that balance. But if you want to be toned, you want to look healthy, you want to feel healthy and be healthy, you definitely need to incorporate, you know, weight training, some sort of cardio, yoga, stretching, you know, all the facets of the fitness realm. Um, not only that, but, you know, what you're choosing for food. I tell my clients, no food is off limits. And you alluded to something in the beginning, same thing. Like if I told you, like, if your favorite food is chocolate, What's your favorite food? Chocolate. Chocolate. <laughs> Definitely. Usually is. Um, you know, if I told you not to have that ever again, you would go on a massive hunt in the five mile radius after like two weeks and gather all the chocolate and eat it all. Yeah. And that's, again, the mindset part of that. So like, as soon as you tell yourself you can't have something, that inner rebel in you is like, mm -hmm. yeah, no, I want it and I'm going to have it now and I'm going to have large quantities of it. Again, it's, it goes all back to that mindset where you have to, and everybody is so different, which I find fascinating. We're like onions, you know, we all have different layers of, you know, cause we all grew up very differently. And that again is why generic workouts and diets don't work either because everybody has their own personal preference. Mm -hmm. Everybody likes to do certain exercises or doesn't like to do exercise, you know, whatever. You don't like to eat that certain food. You don't eat, like to eat three times a day. You only want to eat once. There's so many factors Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Which is why I love my job because I get to dive in and see what is really going on with this person and mold their program into what they need. So that's why I think generic programs don't work. I mean, how many, for your listeners, how many people have tried diets or have a 12 week workout and it's collecting dust or exactly. it's just sitting there and you haven't used it? So. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, your point is, is fantastic. And I found this to be true for myself too, is that I had to finally realize that my, my body is not definitely, it's not like anybody else's and my metabolism and 
where my body likes to store fat and why does it store fat? Like I just lost 36 pounds over the last couple of years and got down to a size that I never thought possible, you know, at 60 something. And then I went into my maintenance plan and I'm eating really, really healthy, 1500 calories or less, but the combination, like you said, you know, the right amounts of proteins and carbs and all of that, that I like that really fills me up and makes me feel good energy wise. Like I don't like carbs and stuff like that. So I eat really healthy, but the weight started creeping back up again a little bit. And I thought, well, that's weird. I'm not eating anything to make myself gain weight. So I have this theory and maybe you can shed light on it, but I have a theory that our bodies like hit a set point. And if you're there for a long time, your body wants to go back to that. And I feel like my body's trying to go back to this old set point. And so now I'm like scaling back a little bit and making some adjustments to bring it back down because I want to create a new set point for my body. So is that, does that make sense? You know, there's studies that have been done on that and some say yes. What my first question is to you is why do you think that there's a set point? So it goes back to the Mm -hmm. mindset part. Like, so again, you know, like if you have a person that believes they cannot lose weight, they will continuously try to prove because the brain is like a computer like whatever you believe it is trying to bring evidence to reinforce your belief so if you believe that you have a set point your brain is going to start looking for evidence for all that what i would say is look at your what you're doing physically like if you're exactly like the other thing too is is if you're food logging how how meticulous are you you know, maybe you need to do a week where you're food logging and weighing exact measuring. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't get to like, I always give my clients an option. They can food log or they can not food log. And basically if they're doing really well, we don't even touch food logging because Mm -hmm. I want it to be natural. And I know me personally, I hate food logging all the time, (laughs) but with that said, I think food logging works to an extent because like, I know for me, I know exactly how to organize my meals and um, doesn't mean I'm actually logging it in something, but at least weighing it. Mm-hmm. And I weigh in grams too. I think it's a little bit more particular. Again, this is not necessarily for the quote unquote average person. You don't always have to do that. For me, uh, I am very close to like an ideal weight. So like for me to creep up one way or the other, I need to be very meticulous. Like as the closer, the lower you get in weight, the more detailed oriented you need to be. That's why like the last 10 pounds are always the hardest, but it depends on, you know, your height, your activity levels. You do lose some muscle mass as you age, but it is not to the extent of what the media always tells you. Um, off the top of my head, I can't remember, so don't quote me, but I think it's like two to 3% per decade mm, of muscle. Wow. So it's not huge numbers, like yeah. you're not atrophying in <laughs> one day. <laughs> but I really think weight training, like do you do any weight training? Well, this could be what's happening. So since COVID stopped, I, I was for years, I've been going to this uh, class at the rec center that's a uh, weight training she uses all kinds of different things, but it's a whole body workout really has been wonderful for me. So that was part of my life. And then COVID happened and I've been trying to do it at home, not very successfully, but mm. I do, I do walk and I do yoga, but I know I have not been doing the level I was doing. Yeah. I, I would say if your schedule is the exact same as it always has been, and you are seeing weight go, go up, then you really need to get meticulous and see what's going on and just be aware too of what you're doing but that could be that missing link i honestly weight training i think is the fountain of youth and i don't 
a lot of women don't want to lift. And I'm not talking, you don't have to go flipping tires. Right. You don't have to go lifting cars, nothing crazy. You know, you don't have to do Olympic lifts, but I do think you, you got to get away from those five and, and three pound dumbbells or two pounds progressing. Like most of my clients, again, they're over forties and even myself, I range from fives if it's a light, light thing, but like 20, 25 pounds, somewhere in there, if I'm doing dumbbells, depending on the exercise, but weight training is so beneficial one, because you are building muscle mass or at least preserving the muscle mass that you have. Yeah. It also strengthens your bones. So if you have osteopenia or osteoporosis, you know, you are helping combat that. And if you don't have those, definitely start picking up some weights because um, there's this thing called Wolf's Law. And basically your bones, when they are, they have resistance on them, the bones get stronger. So that's why weight training is so essential for everything. But yeah, I think weight training is like the fountain of youth. Yes, you have indeed. to do it correctly though. Yes, <laughs> and that's one thing that's been nice about this class is she teaches form. And before that, I trained with a trainer and I learned how important that was. But you know, that that's probably a good thing to look at. I need to, I actually need to increase my weights because I've been a baby about it. I think I've been like, I went up to seven or eight pounds, but I can, I need to push myself. I need yeah. to get with you and you can come up with a workout. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, so yeah, but I tell people all that. I tell my younger sisters this all the time. You got to exercise, not, not necessarily to lose weight just by itself. It's not going to help you lose weight, but you've got to build your muscle and keep your bones strong and the endurance and the flexibility and the balance and all that's really important. The older you get, it's even more important than when you're younger. I think. Yeah. You said and, the mountain of youth. And here's a big bonus for building muscle. The more muscle you have, the more you burn calorie wise, just sitting around doing nothing. Right. Because muscles very metabolic and you need food and you need to, you know, obviously ho-hos and Twinkies are not going to fuel your muscles, but you do need protein and you need to stress those muscles to keep them. But that is a huge driving force, especially when I'm sitting at my computer, you know, doing my things on for my business or talking to my clients or whatever, you, you could still be burning calories rather than just sitting. Yeah, you know? that's a huge bonus. Absolutely. Yeah. That'll motivate you. It feels good too. I used to hate to exercise and I had to deal with my mindset around that because I dreaded going because it was going to hurt. Mm -hmm. And it just seemed like a lot of effort and a lot of trouble. And then I was going to sweat and <laughs> So I would plan to go, but then by the end of the day, I, I'm not a morning person. Exercising in the morning is really, really hard for me because when I was working full time, now it's not, but to get up at like five in the morning, that wasn't going to happen. I wasn't going to be consistent with that. I knew that. So I started going to the gym in the evening after work. Well, it was so easy to talk myself out of it. Mm -hmm. So I decided I was going to deal with that mindset first. And I created a statement to say to myself, Almost like you tell your little kid, go brush your teeth. And I would tell myself, you're going and you're going to feel so good. That was my thought was I would zero in on how great it feels at the end of a workout, how wonderful that feels. And that's what I would dwell on. And that made me want to go. And then eventually my whole mindset changed and I was looking forward to going and I enjoy exercise. Whereas before it was this big dread. Yeah, I think the muscle soreness is a big obstacle for most women. That and if you are going to a gym, because everyone feels very self-conscious when they walk into a gym, right. um, especially if you're overweight, you're not really sure what you're doing, that kind of thing, which is interesting because I, this is a common thing that women come to me with. And I'm like, 
honestly, most people are not even concerned. The people that are being nasty, they're people you don't want to worry about anyway. But the people that are looking at you, they're probably thinking, you go girl, you know, you go in there and you do your thing type thing. They're probably cheering you on or they're feeling self-conscious about themselves. Yes. So always go into the gym. Make sure you know what you're doing though. I know when I work with my clients, I have an app. So they actually know the exercises that they're doing when they go to the gym and and things like that. But soreness for sure. And I, one of the things with my physical therapy background, I try not to get my clients really sore in that initial one to two weeks, because if you think about it, it's kind of like the whole chocolate scenario. If I told you not to have chocolate, like if you're super sore and you can't move, you do not want to go back. You do not want to do it. And the thoughts of, oh my gosh, I got to put my body through this torture again. Who, who wants that? <laughs> you know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So starting off really slow and, and kind of progressing, I think is key and just definitely working on your mindset, but getting out of your own way. I think that's a big thing. Like if you really want this, yeah. don't let anything stand in your way. Yeah. That was another thing that helped me was when I worked with my trainer and I invested money in him because I knew I wanted to know how to exercise correctly. And I also knew I needed somebody to push me because I wasn't going to push myself to that point that I needed to go. And I couldn't even tell you what that point was because when he would push me, like I'd be doing an exercise and he would say, keep going, do another set and push harder. I learned through that where my point was that I could go and I went further than I thought I ever could do. And on my own, I would not have done. So that helped me to learn not only the correct form and how to do the exercises and how to use all the machines, but then how to really push myself, how to create a routine. And it, it taught me a lot. I would just totally agree with you. Don't, don't go in there and just do some crazy huge workout without knowing what you're doing and doing too much at once. And I think that happens a lot. People are like, I'm going to do this. And they go to the gym and kill themselves and they can't maintain yeah. that. Yeah. And they bring their generic workout (laughs) with them. Um, Yeah. Just as a side note, there are some fabulous trainers out there. There are some fabulous health fitness people. Be careful who you're following though, because I don't know if you know, but I know I'm a personal trainer through American Council on Exercise. There are a lot of certifications out there that you just go online, you read a couple things, you pay them their money, you say you're CPR certified and, and, you know, in less than 30 minutes, bam, you're a personal trainer. Wow. And they can maybe look fabulous, but that doesn't mean they know how to teach and and instruct or modify, which I know from my physical therapy background, that was a big thing, especially when you're over 40. And um, I'm sure there's some fabulous ones, but the young trainers, some of them are all about looking good in front of the people that they're training or the people that are watching. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of times their priority is what's the safest way I can get this person the results that they want. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely good advice. Yeah. Yeah. I was lucky. I was blessed because he was our PE teacher where I worked. I worked in a, in an elementary school. And I knew him and uh, he was fabulous, fabulous. He was worth every dime. So what's one thing that uh, our, my listeners could do today to start losing weight? My best suggestion is always eat when you are hungry. Wow. So meaning true hunger, when your stomach is actually growling, talking to you, making noises, <laughs> because if you're eating when your stomach is not growling, you're eating for emotional reasons. Right. The other end of that is stop when you're comfortably full. 
because if you just start eating and you don't stop, then you're going to overeat. Be mindful of when you're eating, what you're eating, how does it taste? There's also, if you um, try this, sit down with your food and you have to be very mindful as you're eating, but as you're eating, notice if the taste of the food changes. And interesting enough, when it changes, that's usually when you're comfortably full. Wow. Yeah. So try that next time, especially if you have like a favorite food, like if you're eating dessert or something, Mm -hmm. um, try it and just see, it'll be subtle at first. And then as you keep biting, like if you ever had dessert and you're like, why am I keep eating this? It's like, I'm good. Being mindful with your eating is huge. That's, that was another thing that I learned, but stop and breathe and get present with your meal and, and enjoy the flavors and the texture like think about what you're eating and be mindful about how it feels and how it tastes instead of just shoving food in your mouth while you're watching tv right mindless eating for sure i found that i ate less and was full i was aware when i was full Mm -hmm. and satisfied and i could stop because and then i wasn't hungry like a year an hour later not like what used to happen is i wasn't physically hungry but i wanted to eat yeah i just ate because right. my mind wasn't involved when I ate. So my mind's right. like, you didn't eat. <laughs> right, right. And if you're not hungry and you're grabbing, like I was joking with COVID, like we need to socially distance from our refrigerator yes. because we're just, we're bored. We need a mood change. You know, our kids are driving us crazy. We don't want to do homeschooling now. <laughs> you <Yes>. know, <laughs> whatever you're in, um, a food is huge in America, especially for, you know, if you work in a corporate environment, everybody's got a, there's at least one birthday every day, you know, so you've got cake, (laughs) you go to Starbucks for a cup of coffee. The coffee itself is probably 500 calories, depending on what you get. And of course you can't leave without a muffin. Food is just so entrenched in our society and what we do that we haven't separated it from the fact that food is for fuel. Yes. And it's not to say that you can't enjoy a piece of cake or anything like that, but you need to be hungry to eat that cake. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And food has become like this thing when you socialize, everybody's socializing around food. And I I discovered this last year during the holidays that because I wasn't so focused on food, I could focus more on enjoying the company and getting more into my conversations because I wasn't like, oh, the food, the food. Right. (laughs) Which is probably another topic because if you don't get along with your family members, (laughs) your emotional status, you know, you're going to be like, oh, I need food. So I can't talk to them or, or, you know, or stress the stress of the situation. So definitely mindset, that's the bottom line. You've got to start there and then build up. Yeah, you do. Like if you're at a social event and you don't know anybody and you're nervous, you're going to go hang around by the food and have Mm -hmm. a plate of food to kind of hide behind. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so much to it. I agree with you. Like that is the missing ingredient. I think that's why a lot of times people get stuck in that dieting cycle and never get out of it. So, so important. So you have, you have an offer called crush your cravings. Okay. So it's a seven day challenge. And basically I give you the skill sets. Remember I said, when I was 40, I went through all my mindset stuff and figuring out why I did what I did. One of the things with me is I had huge cravings, like donuts were my thing and Cinnabon, Cinnabons, and I could not not eat them. I felt like they were calling to me from the kitchen. So I developed these skills and now I can sit in front of my favorite cinnamon bun or whatever, and I can choose whether or not I want to eat it. And it's so calm and just peaceful and knowing that you're in control and not feel like food is controlling you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that is what the challenge is about. It is seven days. I give you complete 
tool, five-step tools to crush your cravings. And you can get that at shapeitupfitness.com slash stop cravings. And just sign up and I'll let you know when the next one's rolling in. Yeah, so definitely check out Nicole's website and reach out to her if you want a free consultation with her to talk about your particular situation. And uh, thank you so much for being on here with me today. This has been great. Even the tips you shared with us today, if you guys that are listening to this, take some of these tips and start to put them into effect in your life, you'll start to see a difference. Just even being mindful with your meals and wait till you're hungry to eat and really pay attention to when you're full. That alone is huge. And then start moving more. Get those weights going. Everybody listening, if you're over 40, you can lose the weight and keep it off. It is not an impossibility. I'm here to tell you for sure, because I was carrying around extra 30, 40 pounds and couldn't get it off, I thought, but it's off and it's staying off. So, and I'm in my 60s. So it is not impossible. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And I remember thinking like, I'm going to get lower than what I first originally set as a goal. Because I thought that's a mindset thing too. Like, why am I limiting myself that I could only lose this much? And I find that a lot with women. Mm-hmm. They say, well, I can, I probably can just lose this much. I'm like, why? One of my clients, Colleen, and if you go to my website, you'll see her on there. She, I think was in her late fifties when she joined with me. And she was like, I want to be at, I think it was 145 say. And I was like, that's fine. Let's get to 145. If you want to creep down to 140, let's see what it looks like. And um, it was funny because she got down to 140. She's like, I like me. <laughs> and um and she has kept all the weight off and it's, it's just wonderful and she's she's in her 60s now so yeah yeah the thing it's it's a lifelong journey it's not like you get to your weight and then you just go oh okay i'm good you know yeah you still have to keep going yes it is definitely a lifestyle and a lifelong thing of eating i always call it nourishing my body i like mm. that phrase better than yeah. even eating healthy because i know what it feels like when I'm nourishing my body with good food and it feels so good. And that's where I want to be. So, and it has helped me so much as far as the cravings. I used to love a lot of sweets and ice cream and all that kind of stuff. And I, I like you, I can sit in front of it and just go, "Eh," or yeah, "Yeah, I'll have a little bit. Right. Right. The freedom of choice though is, it sounds so simplistic, but it like, we don't allow ourselves to make that choice. And I, again, mindset, like, as soon as you know oh i have a choice i can choose you know which direction i want to go to if i eat this cake i might be a little longer in my goals yeah Yeah. it's a choice but uh make it mindfully like the other day on my birthday i had i had a birthday on friday and i had not had any ice cream or any kind of sweets for probably a year maybe one one or two little things So, so hardly any in the last year and so i decided i chose i'm gonna have a little bit of dessert it's my birthday and I did, and I and I couldn't eat it all. I didn't want it all. I had a few bites of it, and that was good. And it just, yeah. and I, and it was not like a big deal. I wasn't like fighting it or anything. And it, right. it just felt really good to have that choice and that peace and that control. You know, it, it wasn't even control. It was more like take it, was, take it or leave it. Yeah, I was satisfied. Yeah. Wasn't the other thing too is I think people um, when they taste things that they haven't tasted. So like you didn't have cake. I know a lot. This happens with soda with uh, my clients is they won't drink soda and then they'll have a soda later on. They're like, oh, it's disgusting. I was like, yeah, mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> your yeah. taste buds change. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. I don't like stuff I used to like. It, it's not even a, a temptation anymore. So that's where we want to all be. <laughs> so. Yeah. 
so much more peaceful and calm on the side for sure. Well, thank you again for coming on and sharing your wisdom. And ladies, if you want to reach out to Nicole, you can reach out to her. You, I'll post everything in the show notes, how to reach out to her, uh, shapeitupfitness.com. Uh, mm-hmm. yep. And, and uh, reach out to her to get into that challenge. That should be really interesting. And so thanks again, Nicole, and we'll talk to you later. Thank you so much for having me on. I hope you enjoyed that episode and got a lot out of it that will help you on your journey to becoming fearlessly confident. If you would like to know how to work with me to help you to become fearlessly confident, just email me, Janelle, at EmergingLifeCoaching.com. You can also go to my website. There's lots of great resources on there, including a free mini course called Be Confident, Be Real, Be You. It's a three video course with downloadable action guides that will definitely help you to get on this journey to becoming fearlessly confident. My website is EmergingLifeCoaching.com. Thanks for listening. And until next time, be fearless, be confident, and be you. Mm -hmm.